Remember those walls that we called sin and shame? They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. <coughs> Remember those giants we called death and grave? They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead now. This is our God. This is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. What he does, he saves us. Pour on the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim, this is our God, King Jesus. Remember that fear that took our breath away. Fate's so weak that we could. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all today. How's everybody doing? 
All right, a couple of you are doing well. It's good to see you today. What an exciting time for us to gather as the church, to be able to lift up our voices and, and worship our King Jesus who pulled us out of the grave and into new life with him. Amen. How's everybody doing? You guys doing well? Everyone good? What was something cool that happened this week? What's the highlight of the week? Maybe you saw the power plant in Holland get demolished, imploded, or whatever. Anyone see it in person? Video, maybe? Maybe you saw the video of it? I saw the video. I did not see it from my boat because I don't own a boat. Um, anyone do the sidewalk sales downtown Holland this week? No? Yes? Maybe? Somebody? All right. Go ahead and just take a moment to greet the people worshiping around you today. Share a highlight from your week with them. There is not a lot of excitement about the sidewalk sales. <laughs> it got really quiet. Like everybody's like, woohoo! Good morning. We're going to invite you to sing with us today. Um, Revelation 1:7 says, "Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him." Um, what a blessing it is to be able to walk into this building today, knowing that even though we've sinned, even though we've made mistakes. Um, he still loves us, and God is that lion and the lamb, and we get to sing and praise him this morning. So join with us this morning as we sing a little bit.
for your mighty and powerful name. You're so good, you're so powerful, and you're above it all. So we look to you, God, today. You're our king, a mighty king indeed. We love you, Jesus, and we pray this all in your name. Amen. Go ahead, and everybody, you can have a seat now, and we're going to invite our kids to come on up for kids' ministry, pre-K through second grade. Come on up over by the blue doors. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this beautiful, glorious morning with the sun shining and bringing us all here to your house of worship. We thank you for the opportunity to come freely here um, without chains holding us back. May we set aside all of the things that may be distracting us today so that you may be the center of our attention. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. All right, that was a little better than uh, a welcome, you know. <laughs> no, it's good to see you all. I'm Pastor Aaron, campus pastor here at Watershed. And uh, as the children are kind of heading out for children's ministry, uh, last week I mentioned we have a need for third through fifth grade teacher. Uh, somebody step in the first and fourth Sundays. In response to that, we've got somebody for the fourth Sunday. So, yay, means we still need somebody for the first Sunday. So, <laughs> if you're interested in that, uh, Becky just prayed for us. She's our children's ministry coordinator. Uh, she would be the person you want to tap on the shoulder, her or Sam Bauman. You can get a hold of them. Um, but again, too, just thanks for continuing to be a part of life here and doing ministry together. Uh, so, yeah, that's great. Otherwise, too, uh, you may have seen Michelle even kind of walking around taking some pictures this morning. She does have permission to take pictures, so not nothing weird going on. Going to be updating things on social media, website, things like that. Just life here. Um, we, we don't want like stock Adobe photos of fake people who don't, who aren't a part of our community. Like that just is weird. Um, <laughs> so I mean, have you ever, I, 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 I can't, I'm just not going to go down that rabbit trail. Um, squirrel, let me bring it back. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, as, as I think about children though, we just wrapped up this week, Great Escape. Uh, for Great Escape, it is, uh, this, week, this year was eight weeks. Uh, we reached about 156 kids, children from our, primarily from our greater community, uh, some from our own Hardaway community here, Celebration Fusion Watershed, but uh, 156 kids, a lot of those, uh, a lot of kids don't come from churched families, and so uh, it's a Christian day camp. So being able to, through our partnership with Neighbors Plus, um, Great Escape takes place with counselors. I mean, these kids get to hear about Jesus. All of us as pastors got to sit once a week and read stories and laugh. And um, I've been asked to do more voices and voices of characters I wouldn't think young kids would know about. But, uh, you know, like, we'll leave that there. Uh, there's great opportunities to get out into the community, to hang out at parks, do fun things together to do crafts, to be able to, as well, do service projects. So uh, it's a great ministry and a ministry you help support 
um, being part of life here at Hardawike. So just want to say thank you, Ange. Um, asked uh, Angela Staginga, who is our director for that, just asked that this morning. I say thank you, and we truly do. Thank you for your involvement in that. Thanks for helping to support that ministry. That makes a difference. Uh, another uh, thing that's an uh, opportunity to make a difference in our communities, as we know, schools are uh, starting. Movement West Michigan, Corey, wave your hand. <laughs> You've heard Corey preach. He's actually going to preach next week on what does it mean to say amen. Okay? Uh, that, I'm going to leave that to you. I won't steal your thunder. Uh, but uh, we're partnering with, with Corey, Movement West Michigan, other churches in our community, starting on the 20th, next week's Sunday, to pray for schools. As families, as we're getting ready to transition, this is a big time just in our community. So you can go over to our website. Um, there's a link there directly to um, the calendar, and you can sign up just for an hour block to pray for an area school. Um, maybe your kids go there, or maybe you just go, hey, I want to pray for Zealand schools because uh, I'm available that day. But uh, if, if you want to be a part of just asking God to bless families, teachers, administrators in our communities, uh, we'd appreciate that. Uh, as well, next week on the 20th, we have our potluck, so just want to, to be reminded of that. Hang around afterwards. There's going to be hamburgers, good stuff. I'm kind of bummed that I'm missing it this time because it is. It's great to be able to talk and do life. One of our, our commitments here as we, we are about the freedom, the friendship, the rest of Jesus um, we want to engage each other in life. And we can do that throughout worship and with coffee and donuts and conversations. Uh, but that's why we have this third Sunday potluck. Um, whether everybody comes, whether 10 people come, we just want to be providing opportunity to, uh, to get, engage one another as we also engage our greater community. So, Whew, we're almost through. <laughs> I had a chance when Luke Kerrig was in town, a missionary, one of our missionaries that we support over in Ireland, uh, to record a podcast. We have Heart of Ike Stories. If you go to your podcasting platform, um, Heart of Ike Stories is just where we get to hear stories of how God is at work in people's lives. So instead of asking him to tell us like stories about how pastors do things, uh, Luke, if you know anything about him, is a musician, writes music. God has given him a gifting for that, a passion for that. So we just um, spent a little time talking about how that's be just been part of his life, how God uses that as a connection for him with others. So if you want to listen into that, um, I want to invite you to do that. And if you didn't know, we also have another podcast, Fear and Trembling, that we are Getting ready for our third season to get launched. Uh, we're recording one episode actually tomorrow with Mary Vandenberg from Calvin Seminary. And we're talking about creeds and confessions that'll come in a few months. And why do we have creeds and confessions? So uh, just some things that, again, just want to make you aware of that's going on around here. Things that I want to say thank you for uh, as you partner with us in ministry uh, with that being said, let me, let me join us together in prayer, and then we'll dive into God's word this morning. Lord, we praise you uh, for who you are. Jesus, what a beautiful name your name is when we truly get to know who you are. God, as we're going to be reminded of again, you are a good and a great God. You are a God who is beyond our comprehension, and yet you make yourself known through Jesus and through your Holy Spirit that 
that lives and dwells within us. You've given us your spirit, your presence, and your power each and every day. You give us access to your peace, that, that ability to be okay in a world where oftentimes things don't seem to be. God, I, uh, this morning as we come together in, in worship as a, a, a community of believers, thank you that we get to praise you for who you are and we get to pray to you and talk with you and have a relationship with you. Lord, I, I, I want to say too, thank you that we get to also just be honest with you. That you're a God who allows us to confess the brokenness that's in us and, and the, the things that we hide because we're ashamed of, the things we struggle with that we can't seem to overcome. Lord, we can ask you for forgiveness for the things even we leave undone that we should have stepped in, those moments that maybe we should have had more courage, or we, Lord, somebody needed us to, to stand on their behalf or help. Thank you that you're gracious, that you're patient, you're merciful, and that you do forgive when we confess to you. And thank you that we can come to you with our needs, Lord. As I think about our, our community, I think, Father, uh, just about families within our, our, just here at Watershed, in, in our Hardaway campus. Lord, I think about two brothers and sisters in faith who are under hospice care. And the families that are impacted. And Lord, we pray for your eternal peace. As Lord, life here on earth we know isn't forever. God, we know eternity is. And we have hope in you. We're not hopeless in these times. But Lord, we need that hope of the resurrection to sustain brothers and sisters, to bring peace to those who are getting ready to, to see you face to face. God, gift them, gift us with that grace, with that hope, with that sustaining strength in the midst of death. Thank you that death isn't the end, but life with you is eternal. Lord, for our brothers and sisters who are walking through cancer, who are in need, again, Lord, of, of healing physically, that are dealing with long-term issues. Lord, uh, Lord, I'm just drawn this morning to, to Anthony and, and just a need of a heart and a kidney and just, just the journey he and Sarah have been on. Lord, again, we need you to, to come to the rescue. Lord, as we've been walking with Phil through cancer, Lord, and, and just a slow recovery of, of, of healing from surgery, God, how sustaining power needs to, to come. Again, Lord, thank you that we can come to you and that you are a provider, you are our protector. You don't just pardon us from our sins, but Lord, you're there, you're a great physician. And one day we know, Lord, sin will be done with for good that life will be renewed and restored. So Lord, today, give us a glimpse of that. And Father, as we come into your word, thank you that we get your scriptures, we get your story. Thank you that we get this prayer that you, Jesus, have taught us to pray. 
and, and we get to hold on to these words and, Lord, we get to learn to make them our own and, and that it's something more than simply a mantra. Lord, teach us through these words this morning again. Remind us of things we've heard. Strengthen us once again in the good news of who you are and who we are in you. So Holy Spirit, speak. Speak to us, encourage our hearts, teach us and lead us. How do we pray these things in Jesus' name? And all God's people said, amen. Before I dive into the message this morning, since I won't be here next week, um, I wanted to make you aware that through the, the school year, we're going to be doing what we did last year uh, a little bit with this story. We journeyed through the whole Bible and in order to see God's story, God's story, his redemption story, his reconciling story through Jesus. And so you can see it from beginning to end. This year, we're going we're gonna to journey through something called belief. And if you went through the book, the story, you saw it was all scripture. And this is the same way. Um, but through it, it, it's broken down into three smaller series. Uh, uh, how do we think like Jesus, act like Jesus, and be like Jesus? So this Jesus that we get to know through scriptures that we're reminded of this morning, right? What are some of the, what are some of the beliefs we have? What are some of the core truths, right? Think like Jesus. What are some of the core truths of our faith? And then we're going to have 10 weeks where what are some of the core practices of our faith? What did, what did we see Jesus and others live into? We've been in a summer of prayer. That's a core practice of our faith. And in the final 10-week series, and, and we'll be at the end of school. Can you believe that? We're talking about the beginning of school. I'm going to talk about the end of school already. So, woohoo, kids. Woohoo. This year's almost done. <laughs> but we talk about being like Jesus, that we're, what's some of the core virtue? Who is God making us to be? We're going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. So if having a copy of the story was helpful for you, um, we have copies of Believe available, um, five bucks if you can afford it. Uh, if you can't, don't worry about it. Uh, but if you want to put five bucks in the offering box, uh, if you want to give it to me or Kendra, or, uh, but there are some books out uh, in the entryway. If you want to grab those, we'll have, we got plenty of copies um, if you want to get them on Kindle, you can find them on Kindle or anything else. But just wanted you to have an idea, come, starting September 10, uh, we're going to be kicking off that series. So, now that I've gotten to the next thing, let's come back to where we've been. The Lord's Prayer. And let's, uh, together if you will, and, and you can, if, you know what, if you don't mind, we've done this before. Why don't you stand up? You've been sitting now for a few minutes. Let's get you stretched again. But uh, let's read our scripture and let's read these words that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom in the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we're talking about, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
This is actually, these words are the reason why 1 Chronicles 29, 11 is sitting there. And I'll get to that at the very end. Ha ha, there you go. So you're going to have to hang in for 20 minutes until I get there. So, but these words, um, we call a doxology in, in our faith. Uh, doxology simply means words of glory, okay? Words of praise, we might say, right? We end this prayer, and, and actually, uh, if you get into the nitty-gritty of um, looking at manuscripts and, and understanding things in your Bible, like if you have a newer translation of the Bible, the NIV, uh, even in the ESV, the English Standard Version, or the New Living Translation, these words actually won't be there. They're going to be in a footnote. If you go to the King James Version, which is an older translation from the 1600s, right? So centuries, it's been around for centuries. Uh, it, however, uh, is dealing with, again, manuscripts. It's there. And, and we actually use some of the, if you're wondering why we use thy and thine and, you know, like words like that, that's kind of the King Jamesy language. Sorry, that's, that's sort of how we as pastors here grew up with it. So you, you kind of get the, 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 the fruit of our upbringing, Right, you could say yours, fine, go ahead. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? Jesus didn't set the word "thy" as the holy word, and now you're okay, right? But but these words, uh, these are in the King James version, and you're like, okay, so why are they not in the new kind of translations? They're in the older ones. Well, guess what? The older ones dealt with actually later manuscripts. If you want to know more about manuscripts, actually, I am gonna call out Corey. Corey, this is what some of his, his degrees, some of, I mean, you've got a doctorate in, in this stuff. Uh, he may even, at some point in time, lead a small group on some of this. But uh, again, shameless plug, let me bring it back. But the King James, for us, which has been around for centuries, used older documents that, were, that we had. They used what was available, and these words were there. However, with recent archaeology, they found earlier documents, and some of the earlier documents, it wasn't. So that's why we get footnotes, or we get, in the New American Standard Version, you get brackets, or you get the King James and the New King James that says, nope, we're not changing it. So wait a second, Aaron, what are, why are you basing a sermon on words we don't know whether or not Jesus actually said? Because actually, going back to the end of the first century, so now we're, you know, 90s into then 100, the second century, the first generation following Jesus, we found out from something called the Didache, which was a, a, a Jewish kind of Christian teaching to help Gentile Christians, kind of an order of worship. Since that time, the people of God have been saying these words of praise at the end of this prayer. So the earliest documentation that we have, that's even, I mean, it, and I dare say the Didache is, and what we have of it is, is even older than some of the manuscripts that we have. Like, it's been around for a long time. And, and let me just make it really simple for you. No matter what, these words, are they wrong? Like, would we say we agree with, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever? Amen. Absolutely. Would that have been part of Jesus' worshiping life? Absolutely. Go read the Psalms. 
First Chronicles, it's a prayer of David. We'll hear David's words. When we get to the end of the prayer, I, I don't know about you, but in this prayer, and hopefully in our journey, I, I've been trying to help us see that prayer is not, again, the Lord's Prayer is not a mantra. Praying before a meal or bedtime isn't a requirement of God so that you make God happy with you. Prayer is an adventure for us into the heart of God. And as we engage God's heart, as we engage in relationship with God, that's what it is. It's a conversation with God. As we engage in life with God, we also get to see our own hearts, right? We, it, sometimes God holds a mirror up to us. Sometimes God's patting us on the shoulder. Hey, that a boy. Hey, you go get it. All right, nice job. Oh, man, my daughter, I love you. You are, right? Like, prayer is an adventure that hopefully in this relationship with God, we can come to the end of our prayers and, and, and we're changed. Life is different. And we might actually say, man, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That the more I encounter God and the more I encounter who I am in him, the more I can't help but again, like we began, say, Lord, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. As I was thinking about this this week, um, it brought me back to The Hobbit. And the subtitle for The Hobbit is There and Back Again. Um, and yes, if you watched the movie, The Lord of the Rings, you'll actually see that. And you don't see it quite as much in The Hobbit. It's more in uh, Frodo's story. But before there was Frodo and Samwise Gamgee and Marion Pippin, there was Bilbo. Right? And the story of The Hobbit is, is Bilbo. And if you're a Baggins and you've lived in the, on the hill... You know, and if you, again, if you watch the movie, you don't hear the hill often, you hear the shire. But really, the story starts in The Hobbit, there was a hill, right? And, and, and in this hill, right, there lived these hobbits, and they were tiny people, and, and especially if you were a Baggins, the Baggins were pretty wealthy, well-to-do people, and, and, and what you do is you stay in your town, you never go on adventures, then, then you're respectable, you never do anything crazy, right, you never cross any line, like, you are respectable, you don't do, you are just, pff, you're a prude, what, what, no, I didn't, you know, <laughs> but all of a sudden, Gandalf shows up one day, knocks on Bilbo Baggins' door. Here comes this crazy wizard, right? And in this comes with 13 dwarves led by one Thorin Oakenshield. And they got a proposition for Bilbo. They need a thief. Now Gandalf knows something more, right, about Bilbo and knows something more about the whole story. If anything, in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, uh, looking at Gandalf and Tolkien was just, I think, a genius in how he, he utilizes the person of Gandalf as sort of this Christ figure who knows more of the story than everyone else. Tolkien was a Christian. He was a believer. And so he wove his faith into his fiction. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But Tolkien, through Gandalf, is going, okay, is, is sort of setting the stage. There's something more. And here, Bilbo, yep, Bilbo, you're going to be part of this group. And so reluctantly, he sets out. And at the end of the story, where does he end up? In the same place he started. 
But if we journey through listening to 17 hours of the book (laughs) or turning through pages and pages of the story, reading and imagining for ourselves, or even watching it, we know this about Bilbo. Was he ever the same? No, he was different. When he went on the adventure, right, when we adventure into the heart of God, and when we adventure into relationship with God, now we're never going to be different, or we're never going to be the same. Don't worry, when I was going through the sermon before, I kept switching those words, so please, we will never be the same. We will be changed. <laughs> right, when you go out on an adventure, even though you may end up where you began, you'll never be the same. And if there's one thing that I want you to, to grasp as we're kind of closing down this series, we're, we're, we're coming towards the end, is that prayer is a relationship. It's an adventure with God. It changes things, and as, as it changes things, it also changes us. If you don't want to be changed, then don't pray. If you don't want to see the world different, don't pray. If you're happy in your hobbit hill with your, we'll just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Tolkien's language, boring life, <laughs> don't pray. But as Jesus invites us, he goes, but, but, but let, me, let me tell you something. Prayer, and this is a doorway into life with God. It's a doorway into the adventure of who God is what life is all about. And you're going to find in it who you are. And it's going to change things. As we look back at this prayer, as we think about, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, right? It takes us back to the beginning, into who God is, right? When we see who God is, we see that God is good and great. Our Father, God is good He's imminent. He's he's relational. He is with us. We see love in him. We see life in him. But we also see that God is great. God is all-powerful, all-knowing. God is everywhere. God is beyond our comprehension. I don't know about you. When I think about the goodness and the greatness of God, I go, man, how is it that a God who is beyond all things, who's created all things, and in him all things find their life, wants to actually be in relationship with me? This God actually wants to be my father. Wants me to know him. To be loved by him. To know how much he cares about every moment. How many of us, if if we're grasped, if we're held by that part alone and come to know that, wouldn't say, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Right? Just the first few words makes that doxology fit. And Jesus would say about his father, my father, right? I only do what my father has for me. It's for his glory that I live. Right? God is good and great. In this prayer, we have seen that God is then worthy of praise. (laughs) 
right? When we, when we begin to see what God does, what he, uh, who God is to us, how many of us can't help but say, oh, wow, God, you're good. How many of us, even when we're sitting there quiet with our cup of coffee or other choice beverage on our back porch, looking at the trees or sitting in your boat on the water, watching a structure blow up, <laughs> listen, for some, that may have been a spiritual practice. <laughs> like, I felt like I missed out because the water and then watching something blow up. Woohoo! Right now, YouTube's going to flag me and I'm going to be. <laughs> but there are these things in our, in our lives, right, that capture us. God is a God of, of, of beauty, of creating, of, of things finding their end and then new life coming, right? That God is worthy of praying. Hallowed be your name. When Jesus says, We pray, holy is your name, God. You are worthy of praise. You are worthy of glory. We understand God is praiseworthy. We realize he is worthy because we know his worth. Jesus invites us to pray throughout this prayer so that we can see God's worth and we can see our own in and with him. That's what we've been reminded of. We've also been reminded when we pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that God is righteous. The word righteous oftentimes connects, sometimes it's the exact same word for justice, and then that goes to the rule in the reign of God. We talked about that when we talked about thy kingdom come on earth as it is in, in heaven but that God, when he, we say he is righteous, it means he is right. His will and his ways are perfect. His will and his ways lead us to life. His will and his ways brings order instead of chaos. What do we get done praying in the doxology? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. If our God is truly king, if we not only see him one, as one who cares, but we also see him as the one to lead us and guide us and direct us because his ways are right, we can't help but say, oh yeah, I'll hail the king. Right? Paul reminds us in Philippians that every knee will bow to the name of Jesus, Philippians 2. Right? Jesus wasn't concerned, actually. His agenda wasn't to be like God, Paul says, but he actually says, no, he lowered himself and became like us. Why? So he could lift us up. Right? That's a good and great God. And in him lifting us up, what did God do to him? What did the Father do? He lifted him up. So that at his name, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Right? God is not only worthy of our praise, but he is righteous. He is our king. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I shared some words from uh, William Willimon and Stanley Hauerwas. Uh, they wrote a book on the Lord's Prayer. I think it's, it's, it's a great little book. But as they were talking about this phrase, this ending doxology, they said this, and I, I, I was convicted by it. The Lord's Prayer is training. We've been kind of talking about that too. It's a model for us. It's training in how to understand the political, uh-oh, said a bad word. <laughs> right? Understand the political significance of God's Messiah, Jesus. It's a pledge of allegiance to a king and his kingdom that throws all our other allegiances 
into crisis. If we say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We come to encounter that God. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Folks, that's a pledge of allegiance. How many of you grew up in school putting your hand on your chest, saying the pledge of allegiance to start the day? Yep, that was me, right? And what was that about, right? It was, it was about hopefully teaching us and leading us in some patriotism, right? Some love for our country. When I use the word patriotism, it's being able to be, hey, I love my country. I'm glad and blessed to be living here. I I appreciate the freedoms we have. Like, I'm never going to say that I'm not, I'm happy to be an American. Now, sometimes, though, when we put our hand over our heart and we make that pledge of allegiance, it it, it can also lead us to, to cross a line into what we call nationalism. That there's an ism in there. Right, where we think about any time we hear the, the word political, we think Fox or CNN. Right? Or all of a sudden we hear the word political and we're like, uh-oh, Democrat or Republican. And not just that, ooh, crazy and crazy. You know, you maybe use crazy and psycho. I don't, I don't know. Howard Wass Willeman, no, 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 no. Let, me, let, me, let me be clear about something. When we use the word political, it simply means the organizing principle of life, corporate life. Now, if God created all of this life, who gets to have the final say in the organizing principle about how life is together? When we say, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, we're saying, God, we're going to bend our knee to your anointed one, King, Messiah, Jesus, your way of arranging things, and you know what? I don't care what you believe, where you believe it, what side you're on or where you're going, but everything we pledge allegiance to other than Christ has sin wrapped in it. Deal with it. You are not 100% right in your opinion or your position. And I'm not. Jesus is, and when I pledge allegiance to him, I'm saying, God, have your way in me. For the things that seem right, give me the courage to stand up. For the things that seem wrong, help me with grace and truth. With a posture that reflects Jesus, and yet a boldness as well, step in. So that hopefully, maybe we see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right? The Lord's Prayer is a training for us because it's what? Engaging us into a relationship with a living God. Right? And as God becomes bigger, right? Now we're not talking small. God is. Now God's huge. What do we pray? As we know who God is, his goodness and his greatness, and we know his rightness, his righteousness, and we're saying, Lord, we pledge allegiance to you, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We know we get to say, Lord, provide. Please provide. Provide for me. Provide for those I know and I care about. Provide for those I, I'm not aware of and I can't see. Lord, give us today our daily bread. That our good God invites us again to seek forgiveness. Because again, my position, my point, 
can't help but have sin in it. And so I realize my limitations. And I look to the one who isn't limited, but is in heaven. And when he came to earth, overcame sin, stood in the face of sin, was perfect. We can ask this God for pardon. And what will this God do? He forgives. We can ask him for help to offer that forgiveness to others. And this God protects, right? And last week we talked about this. This is a prayer of humility. Lord, you know, I can stand up this morning and say, listen, my positions, I, I have a stance. But it's not perfect. And it forces me to go, okay, so maybe I need to learn and I need to listen and I need to become a little more understanding. Because at the end of the day, I want to see God's wisdom in the midst of it. And sometimes, I know this, God's wisdom is in this book, in this scriptures, and in all of these words we keep going back to every week. Right? Our purpose here is to equip you in this gospel, to help you know and understand it. But I can also understand that the Holy Spirit is present in each of you, and sometimes God's wisdom is in you, and, and so I can understand these words as you speak them and see them from a slightly different angle. And then all of a sudden I go, oh wait, and if we're both working for God's good kingdom and right ways to come on earth as it is in heaven, maybe we'll actually find a way if we have a posture that says, man, I'm not the greatest thing since sliced bread. But then one that says, Lord, I need you to help. I can't fight, and we can't fight evil alone. We can't fight the brokenness in this world of our own strength and our own power. Right? Bilbo was going to need a lot more help because he couldn't do it as one little hobbit. <laughs> And God says, but I can. Right? As our God gets bigger, provides, we know that he pardons and he protects. We go through this prayer. Pretty easy to say, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and glory forever. Amen? We let it be something that changes us and shapes us when we let a relationship, a living, acting, breathing relationship with God change us. Now, we're never going to be different. We're never going to be the same. There, go again. <laughs> On Friday, I had a chance to officiate wedding for Brittany Stahl and uh, Caleb Bush. And Brittany, her mom, Dee, many of you know Dee. Um, but, you know, I, I think about the adventure of marriage. Right, and the vows that they took and, and, and just being able to be a part of that. And it's like, man, yeah, they're, they're starting out. But man, now they're never going to be the same. That relationship forms us, changes us. Hopefully we, see the, we learn to see the best in or we learn more about. But prayer, folks, it is a vehicle for living, breathing relationship with God. So I think about this doxology, these end words of praise. I was also brought to Romans 11. Paul, right, follower of Jesus, knew God well, prayed often, right, as he got done talking about our salvation, kind of in Romans 6 
through 8. And, and really, that, man, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have been, you, you died with Christ. You've been raised with Christ. You have a spirit of a living God in you. Nothing can separate you from God's love. He goes off then in the, uh, chapters 9 through 11 to talk about actually how the Gentile, God's love makes room for the Gentiles to come and be part of the church. And so as he's talking about God, he's getting kind of enraptured in God and who he is, right? That's nothing different than prayer. The more we, we engage God in his goodness and his greatness, we can't help but be led to words like, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. He says this, oh, the depths of the, the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Just that phrase alone. If you thought I was wordy, Paul's got me beat, Okay. <laughs> Oh, to the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Right? He goes on to say, how unsearchable his judgments, his paths beyond tracing out. Right? God is great. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counsel? Right? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? God is good. He goes on to say this, for from him, through him, for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Right, so we pray this prayer. This whole summer journey has been, folks, the next time you say this, don't let it just be words you recite. Maybe next time you pray it, don't even use these words. Use your own. Pray. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. You got a relationship with your Father that we want to have for ourselves. You're, man, it's like something so different. Help us, Lord. He goes, okay. Let me give you a guide. And when we come to the end, when we see God for who he is, right, when we get to see his heart and we, we allow ourselves to be seen by God, to let God work within us, man, things change. They'll never be the same. First Chronicles 29, 11. Let me actually read you 10 through 13. David He's at the very end of his life. And they're wanting to build. He, he's wanted to build a temple for the Lord. And the Lord said, no, your son's going to do that. But you can certainly collect things for the project. We know that King David had a heart after God. But he says these words after the people just bring more stuff, more offerings than David even could imagine. As he saw the people live out their gratitude to God, as, they, as he saw the people, if I can dare say, live in a way that says, God, to, to yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we just want to honor you, God, because we know how good you are. As he saw that, he prayed these words. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. As a young boy, he would sing songs out as he was tending to the sheep. He would sing songs, say prayers in the, in the court of a king that would later try to kill him. 
He would sing songs on the run from even his own son. He would pray prayers and sing songs as he led the king of a nation. And at the end of his life, the song doesn't stop. Praise be to you, God, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, this is now 1 Chronicles 29, 11. I want you to see these words. Maybe, just maybe, the one who came in the line of David, those who followed, said, you know what? Even if they weren't Jesus' words, they were maybe David's words. Here's what he says. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as the head over all. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted head over all. Wealth and honor, they come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. It's not the end of his prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This was part of the doxology of David's life. And I think to say those words of praise and make this a doxology for ours, or shall we say a pledge of allegiance for ours? Fitting end? Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Why? Because God is good and great and worthy of our praise. Our God is our righteous ruler. Our God is the one who provides, who pardons, and protects. And for me, I'm continuing to learn that and as I engage him, I'm never, I'm, I'm never the same by the time I get done <laughs> in that prayer and with that life him. Let's pray together. Lord, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We could start our prayer with those words. Really not all that different than our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God, we pray to you, we look to you. Dare I say this morning, we love you because of who you are and what you've done and what you continue to do. Lord, I think more, I, even beyond my own needs, my, beyond my, like uh, anything else that, the me part of prayer, Lord, the more I, I, that I've gotten to see who you truly are in my life and in the lives of others, that prayer alone would even be good enough to pray. Because life is in you. And the only way we're ever going to have life, it comes from you. As Paul said, it, it's for you, it's by you, it's in you <laughs> that all things are. 
Lord, you are amazing. And I pray this morning that you would help us all take one step further in our journey to see just how wonderful and truly beautiful you are. That we can sing songs like a beautiful name and and believe it more. Sing a little louder. Lord, we can pray with more conviction and passion how good you are. But Lord, your goodness doesn't stop with what you do around us. Your goodness continues in us. You provide for us, not just me, but for us, for, for each other, for, for life around us. And so we get to say, we get to ask, Lord, give us what we need today. Give others what they're in need of. You even allow us to ask well beyond what we deserve. <laughs> and while sometimes that's granted and other times we may have to wait or at other times, it's a no because you have good reason. Lord, we get to ask. And you welcome us. You forgive us, Lord, you, for our mistakes, our missteps. You, you know what we're up against. Lord, you lived a life we couldn't live. God, that alone is worthy of saying, for that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, Lord. Because if I look at myself in the mirror, most days I don't feel that about me. Lord, and that's not just because I, I don't somehow have some great self-image of myself. No, it's because I, I have a pretty clear picture of myself. And you are everything that I am not. Lord, and you accept, though, me, and you accept us for who we are and believe something more and will work for that more in us. And again, God, you protect us. We can ask you for help, and you will help. You'll provide ways out of temptation. You'll give us strength to stand up underneath it. You'll give us the endurance to be able to, in, to stand in the midst of. And you will fight some battles that we will never see you fight. All because, again, you love us. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Lord, help us to keep praying. Keep talking to you. Keep seeing you and seeing your heart. Keep seeing who we are in you. Lord, and may we not only from our lips praise you, but our lives praise you as well so that others would know you and do the same. Again, God, you're good. We thank you for who you are, who you've been, and who you will be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I read recently um, Dallas Willard, an author and a philosopher and a professor, who said something like, we pray these things about God's kingdom, right? Because we know that there are still places in our world where the rule and reign of Christ isn't fully taken effect yet, and even in our hearts. And so we sing these things and we pray these things and we focus on scripture over and over to be shaped by the process. How many of you know that the things of life, the important stuff, generally doesn't happen overnight, but takes time and takes effort and takes dedication. So we got a song for our morning just to wrap us up. If you've been around Watershed a little while, you've probably heard it before, but we can use this song to remember the story of Jesus, his love for us, 
And there'll be just a short instrumental towards the end of the song, and you can use this as a time to just lift up a silent prayer to God. Maybe you can even speak it if you want to, but it's a moment for us just to take that moment to just uh, use that as a prayer time. Use that as a time to just speak with him, to listen to him, to just have that conversation because he's a relational God. So would you stand with us? We're going to sing this together. Praise the name.
praise the Lord. That's our doxology, right? These are our words of glory. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I love when Cole comes in and Uncle Alex, you the man, <laughs> bypasses dad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Austin. <laughs> he don't care what's going on around him. Childlike faith. All he cares about in that moment, Uncle Alex, <laughs> for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. To our Father, to the King, to Jesus who loved us. I pray you know that joy, that uninhibited joy, and have that peace in your life. Receive this blessing of our God. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, cause his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, lift up his smile upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, amen. amen. Go in peace. If you don't mind stacking a couple chairs, twos and threes, we appreciate that. Otherwise, feel free to hang around and chat.